Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Visit by GES, our smart event solution partner. For more information on Visit by GES and its smart event solutions, head over to visit.ges.com. A very good morning, afternoon, or evening to all of our podcast followers, wherever or whenever you may be tuning in from. Don't forget to stay up to date with all the latest content from eventindustrynews.com by downloading the Event Industry News app, available for all the major mobile devices and also don't forget to follow us on Twitter and get your messages to us via at event news blog. So on with today's podcast. Um, on the 9th of November Event Tech Live returns to London. The show is Europe's only dedicated uh, event for event tech. Uh, it's a multi-strand conference and exhibition and has proved immensely successful the last few years since it was launched. I'm delighted that on today's podcast, we're going to welcome co-founder of Event Tech Live, Adam Parry, to find out a little bit of what's happening at this year's show, how it's grown, and what visitors to the show can expect to see and learn. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Strange to be on my own podcast, but there you go. New well, things. listen, uh, <laughs> that, that, that said, I think um, we're, we're more than justified in, in getting you on as a guest in your own right, because without wanting to, to sort of blow smoke, Event Tech Live has genuinely become a major fixture now on the events calendar for event professionals in this country. What started out, I'm sure, as a bit of a gamble for you guys who are, who are behind the actual organization of it, has turned into something that people genuinely look forward to and take um, great interest in. And, and by the sounds of things, people have learned an awful lot from this particular event. Yeah, I think right, when we, we, we actually launched the Event Technology Awards five years ago in its first year, was a, the, the Event Tech Live bit was more of a conference. Um, we did, I suppose, from a business point of view, take a risk in launching a, a very niche show, as it's probably seen, um, which you do see technology take part in other event industry uh, trade shows around the globe. But we felt actually that the impact of technology and the interest from our readers of event industry news and the wider industry was strong enough and building more so to the point where it required its own event. And if you actually look outside of the events industry um, into pharmaceuticals, into law, into any kind of sector, there are dedicated technology shows for that sector. Um, mm. And there's no reason why not if, uh, the events industry shouldn't follow, follow suit. And that's been seen. It's been the right thing to do. Um, we get visitors and exhibitors all say how brilliant it is to have people just so focused on the subject and kind of go into an event by chance. And that's also been seen in the growth of the event in the four years. Well, this will be its fourth year now. We've um, consistently grown both in size of show, in size of content, uh, in size of visits, I think looking at the stats um, in, in terms of reach as well, we've got about 14, 15% of attendees coming from outside of the UK. Um, right. So I think that shows the interest growing globally in, in technology. The, the event itself has, has remained, since it was launched officially as Event Tech Live, as a dedicated uh, show and, and, and conference and seminar um, event, it's remained at the old Truman Brewery, which is on Brick Lane in, in East London. Um, how, how important is it to have the event in that part of London where, as a lot of people may be aware, there are an awful lot of tech companies, not just for event tech, but tech companies in general. It, is having it in that particular location, in that particular venue, as important as, as any other aspect of organising the show? 
I think it is. I think yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons we keep Event Tech Live at the Truman Brewery. I think it's become part of its identity. Again, it's not a traditional exhibition layout. You know, we, we do things differently. We don't do carpet, we don't do shell scheme. It's got a very industrial and startup and technology vibe to it. A lot of other technology events take place there and do well there. And we want to keep that identity as part of Event Tech Live. We want it to be a business to business event, but very relaxed and just a slightly different approach at the same time. Being located in central London, I think is also key to um, making it easy for attendees to access the event and spend time there. We're all short on time these days, more than ever. I think if you look across the exhibition industry, dwell time statistics suggest that most people spend maybe two, three hours at an exhibition or event um, in its entirety. Others spend a little bit longer, obviously. So traveling time obviously also plays a role into that. So it's easily accessible for people coming from abroad, from things like you know the Euro Tunnel or from Heathrow. Truman Brewery is very easily accessible. And it just also, there's a lots of accommodation located close by. A lot of the technology providers that we have as exhibitors are also locally close by. So it is for the ease of accessibility, but it's also the Truman Brewery has just become part of the identity of our event. When you, when you talk about the timings and people being so short, short for time and dwell times and how long they spend there, were those sort of statistics and analytics important when you decided that you were going to keep the show as one day? Because traditionally the show has always been one day and a lot of people would maybe expect a show entering its third, fourth, fifth year um, that's been successful to maybe look at taking it beyond just a single day event. I think the consideration is just more than even attendees. My personal opinion, uh, and this is my own experience as well as an attendee to events, if the attendee is important enough for you to attend, then you will go, you will make time. I appreciate that things to sometimes crop up and make it hard for people to attend and there's a lost opportunity there. But there's also the consideration of cost, not from us as an organiser, because to, for us to keep the venue for an extra day is not that much that it wouldn't be a, a strong consideration but we have a consideration to our exhibitors as well you know there's a cost implication to them in terms of accommodation logistics time out of the office um, so we try and streamline everything at event tech live we use technology to streamline the event the people's time at the event the event itself for the exhibitors for the visitors um, it's possible i'm never saying never that we won't go to to two days um, but we listen to our attendees and our exhibitors each year, we ask for feedback, and at present, they all like it as one day, so we'll continue to keep that as the way they wish. And, and on that subject of, of, of keeping things streamlined and, and, and you're, you're utilising a lot of tech yourself, I, I suppose that opens up uh, two strands of questioning now, um, which is, in terms of the tech that's going to be on show this year for attendees to actually go and find out about, so we're talking about exhibitors, how much are we talking about this year in terms of exhibitor numbers and how much tech will be on display and, and how critical is it for you as an organiser as well to actually deploy a lot of the tech that's going to be talked about so that you're almost showcasing it at your own event, practicing what you preach? Yeah, let's, let's start with the first point. So this year there are nearly 100 technology providers at Event Tech Live. Um, some focus more on the exhibition market and trade store market, some focus more on brands and corporates, some on festivals and outdoor events and others on, on kind of meetings. And then there are obviously a number of uh, new launch startup companies exhibiting at Event Tech Live. What's interesting as well though is that when looking at the exhibitors and the technologies and solutions that they offer, 
we estimate there's around over 350 technology solutions on offer from our exhibitors. So even though, you know, Tech Live doesn't have three, four hundred exhibitors, um, actually there in some cases is as much solution at Event Tech Live as there are with some of the big trade shows that kind of very specific on maybe their event, et cetera. Um, so there's lots to see. And, and that's what's great about technology. There is multiple choice for your event. Eventbrite might not work for your event in terms of registration. So at Event Tech Live, you can source a technology provider who provides registration that suits your event. Um, that might be the same for event websites. It might be for delegate, delegate engagement using Q&A software like Glisser or Slido or MeToo, etc. And that's what's great about Event Tech Live in the terms of, as a visitor, you can come, you can engage with the relevant technology providers that make sense to you, see them all, have demos all in the same day, and then go away and, and kind of contemplate on what you're going to be using for your event. Um, so it, it just narrows that, that, that time down, but there is so much to see at Event Tech Live. And then from, sorry, James, you were going to say? You were going to... Uh, uh, what I was going to say, really, what I, I, I've, it's just dawned on me is really this is three parts. It's the tech that people can go and research and find out about. It's the tech that you're deploying as an organiser, but when it comes back to the attendees, in addition to the exhibitors, there are also conference sessions. So that yes. there's an awful lot for people to, to, to try and take in. And I, I was curious to see maybe at, in addition to the actual exhibitors, what can people learn in the, in the conference sessions and the seminars this year? So this year what we've done is we have taken our content stages, which there are the same number as there were in previous years in 2016 and, and 2015. But what we've done this year is we've aligned them with the types of events that they're most relevant to and the event verticals. So this year we have still have five content stages running from uh, the morning through to the, the, the finish of Event Tech Live. But these stages have now been, like I say, aligned with the vertical. So we now have a dedicated festival and outdoor stage so organizers of those types of events, whether they be outdoor sport or you know mud runs or festivals, etc., can go and listen and engage with content and speakers that are relevant to them. The same with the exhibition stage, the same with the brand and corporate stage, and the same with the conference stage. The only one that lies outside of that is the launch pad stage, which is very much focused on new technologies coming into the sector, such as facial recognition. We've got a conversation around facial recognition and how that's being implemented into the event sector. Mm -hmm. um, taking tech globally. Um, and then there's also the, the, the biggest thing on that stage is the Launchpad Startup Competition. It's an opportunity for attendees to see some of the, well, we've got about 18 this year, new technology providers and new tech coming into the sector, hear from them, discuss with them what they're doing. And that for us is a bit of a competition. Uh, with some partners with Perkin and Visit and eTouches who kind of subsidize and support that with new technology coming into the sector and new people. Um, the other content stages have content on obviously relevant to a conference organizer or a meetings, uh, meetings organizer. Now some of the content may be similar on certain stages in terms of content and context. However, what we found is that to make it the most relevant and to attendees to take the most away, that the terminology and the case study scenario of how, let's say, Wi-Fi might be deployed for a conference or an exhibition is a different conversation than what you would have on the festival and outdoor market. So to make it specific, we decided to divide things up 
from relevant suppliers, relevant organisers and relevant case studies so that we get, the attendees get the most out of it. Now, it's, it's an interesting point because there have been many, many times on this podcast where I've, I've said quite openly that um, I think we're often guilty of forgetting how big the event industry is and how big the term events industry is and how many different vertical strands fall within the umbrella of the events industry and you could have two people with the same job title but if they work in different vertical strands of the events industry they have totally different skill sets they organize totally different types of events um, and it's really important to recognize and deliver um, applicable content for, for various types of event professional um, in that same scenario then having divided up the stages and delivered specific stages for these vertical streams how will you be working with your exhibitors to make sure that your exhibitors recognize the different types of event professional who are coming to the show as attendees because when they're interacting with these people from their stands it's important that they they identify exactly like you said that one technology might not be suitable for two different types of people yeah, well, what's actually happened this year is creating these content stages is able to, is to create zones within the event. Um, so we now have a festival zone, we have a brand and corporate zone, we have an exhibition zone, conference zone, and a startup zone. And that's allowed those exhibitors to position themselves in locations that are either closer to the core uh, type of event that they supply, or even bridge two kind of stage and content areas so they get the most from editing. The the savvy visitor and exhibitor though are, are using one of the tools that we've got available to them at Event Tech Live, which is the, the matchmaking tool. As a visitor, you can find relevant suppliers and content based on the registration information that you gave us. And right. so can the exhibitors. They can find the relevant attendees. Those are being used to communicate with each other and arrange times of meetings at the event. So I already know that some exhibitors have got a full diary. So whether they see any passing traffic, I'm not sure. They've obviously made the time and effort to kind of meet, match make with people pre-show so that they can meet at the show. And that kind of serendipity is also kind of reduced somewhat, but made more beneficial by using those tools. That, that, that particular type of tool, again, is something that we've, we've discussed just to, in recent episodes of the podcast of, of using algorithms and a modern um, you know, a artificial intelligence technology to match people and use the data that's available to event organizers to give people a more profitable experience. When I say profitable experience, not necessarily financially profitable, but more profitable in terms of what they get out of it for the time that they've invested in it. Um, are you in a more fortunate position that because of the nature of the show and the attendees that you've got coming, they are interacting with this matchmaking tool. Um, has it been a difficult thing to not force upon people to publicize to, to pre-registered attendees to say, look, use this matchmaking tool and, and, and you'll get some benefit out of it? I think we are in a fortunate position, James, because of the type of delegate that we've got coming to Event Tech Live. The event in itself, we have over 20 technology partners working with us to deliver technology and solutions for the event. Um, so the event itself is a showcase. It's, it's a live showcase of how technology can be used at the event. Um, I'm not necessarily saying it was that we used it in the way that would be best for other types of events, but it works for us. And I think our attendees obviously coming with, you know, they're interested in the technology. They wouldn't be there otherwise. Um, so 
we have a higher than average adoption rate on our event app. We have a higher than ad uh, average adoption rate on people using social registration to register with Event Tech Live. Um, we have a higher than average um, use of Wi-Fi at the event. But that's, that's based on the type of client that we've got coming through. They want to use the technology, see it, and get the best out of it. So we, we are quite fortunate in that sense. Well, well you've, you've led me nicely into, into the next thing that I was going to ask you in today's episode. And, and just to recap, um, we're talking to Adam Parry, co-founder of Event Tech Live. It returns to the Old Truman Brewery on Brick Lane in East London on the 9th of November, um, Europe's only show dedicated to event tech. Um, so, so picking this up again, Adam, Wi-Fi. There is a huge demand full stop. And again, this is a conversation that's cropped up several times just this year on the, on the podcast already in terms of looking at venue Wi-Fi and venue connectivity. But particularly at this type of show where you have got all of these tech exhibitors who presumably want some sort of good quality connection. You mentioned, I think it was, was it 20, 20 of your own technology, yeah, technology, te partners. technology partners that are going to be on hand deploying your own content and supporting the show itself, plus the attendees who will no doubt want to connect and try out some of these services and, and whatever. The, the demand is going to be vast. Um, yeah. For any show, it's significant. How are you, how are you dealing with that and, and actually going to be able to deliver the consistency of connectivity that's going to be needed to, to showcase all of these technologies? Quite simple. We we use a professional that understands the event sector, has an experience with shows like ours to as a partner to deploy that technology and we take their advice very seriously. They also monitor the, the usage. We not to go into too much technical detail about what's happening in terms of Wi-Fi, but we essentially have three networks at Event Tech Live. We have a produ production network, a network for exhibitors and a network for visitors. That allows us to balance and manage the Wi-Fi usage at Event Tech Live, so people should always get a good connection, touch wood. People have over the last three, four years. Um, we use a partner called um, Forge Special Projects, who have done some amazing work for people like Amazon in remote places, etc., to bring Wi-Fi in. Um, so we, 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 we partner with a professional. We partner with a, a technology provider. And that allows us to control it as well. And I think that's something that you're seeing in the events industry in general. Organizers that are now taking connectivity into their own hands rather than relying on venues solely or putting extra infrastructure into venues to be able to support the technology or the usage that the attendees are demanding, the exhibitors are demanding. We live stream Event Tech Live. Like you say, we have 20 plus technology providers all in some part using the Wi-Fi and connectivity at the show. 1,500 visitors also probably connecting minimum one, possibly two, three devices at the show to the Wi-Fi to be able to kind of operate as normal, receive messages and emails and all that kind of stuff. So the, the, the requirement for Event Tech Live is massive in terms of Wi-Fi. And we, we take more than we need from the venue in terms of just pure bandwidth. And then we use a professional, like I said, to, to, to manage that. How accommodating are the venue when it comes to that? I've heard different stories from within the industry of how accommodating venues are when it comes to bringing in third-party uh, suppliers and specialists to help configure and deliver networks. Um, and and how good is 
surely that whole thing relies on the quality of the connection that's coming into the building. You can only work with the quality of the connection coming to the building. So I guess two questions. How good is the connection coming into the building at the Old Truman? And how accommodating are they when it comes to bringing in your third party to supply at uh, supplier? Truman are excellent. Uh, they've got a very good um, uh, company that deals with the connections into the building. They're obviously a multi-use venue as well. They have some offices, they have pop-up events, they have cafes and restaurants and everything that uses. So the Truman is quite a, a diverse site in terms of its connectivity. So it's got good um, supply into the building that allows us to, to utilize that. And the Truman, if I'm honest, are very accommodating of us being able to use our own supplier within the venue. In, in other venues, it's not so much that way. It's, it's a must use of the venue resources to be able to supply the Wi-Fi and connectivity for the show. I think what we found is that being able to use our own suppliers helps us to make it manageable in cost and supply that Wi-Fi and connectivity for everybody at the show. I think if you go to other shows in other venues, no fault of the organizer, there's probably not a great amount of connectivity and Wi-Fi. The exhibitors have to pay extra to access connectivity. Visitors in some cases may at certain venues have to still pay to get access to connectivity. And as a show organizer, if we put the connectivity in that we would need um, at Event Tech Live, the, the, it would be a considerable investment in the event. Whereas using our own supplier, we've been able to negotiate and work with a supplier that can deliver excellent Wi-Fi for everybody at a, a very reasonable cost. That's, that's what's most impressive about Truman is they are very accommodating on us using our own suppliers, whereas other venues, not so much. Um, looking at the, the exhibitor numbers, how do the exhibitor numbers compare year on year? So what, how many have got, you mentioned 100 or so exhibitors this year. How does that compare to 2016, first of all? We've gone up about 25%. Um, the, the, the story of Event Tech Live goes that actually in its first year it was supposed to be a relatively small event. Our intention was to kind of deliver maybe 20, 25 exhibitors and, and maybe a stage full of content, but what, that, that didn't happen just due to sheer demand and interest from exhibitors and visitors. It, it kind of grew exponentially. Um, what we do this year, and what we're very careful as an organiser, is to just keep adding in where it's applicable to the event so that we can add value to the attendee, the visitor, but also make sure that we deliver for the exhibitor. You know, more exhibitors come with more logistics, more challenges around people being um, at the event, enduring build, etc. And we just want to make sure that we keep the quality there because that's reflected in the show, actually on the show day and post-show as well. So we're slowly adding. It's, it's quite a limited, actually, event. So, you know, prime locations go quite early, you know, big locations or bigger locations for exhibitors go quite early. Um, so it's it's just something that keeps growing and it's it's nice, it grows gradually. Um, it, it kind of, the business comes in from the exhibitors. Um, we don't have to push too hard on it. Regardless of, of, of the demand from exhibitors and growing by 25% uh, is, is fantastic, I suppose, from a financial point of view for you as an organizer, but is there a concern then that you're under pressure to grow the attendees by 25% to ensure that exhibitors who have been there from day one see the same amount of contact and the same amount of interest and the same amount of activity on the show floor. Because if you grow the exhibitors by 25% but your attendees stay the same, 
there's that argument that things could get a little bit diluted and 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 you know less activity for for the exhibitors. Okay, so I think I think that's an interesting question or point, and I think there is some truth to that. I think some companies coming in obviously want to generate very much just a new lead, um, new business within the event sector. Um, my opinion, though, is that with it being a one-day show, with any show, really, even if you go to another trade show that's for the industry that's two or three days long, as an exhibitor, are you actually going to really be able to engage with 4,000 visitors? Probably not. You, you need to focus on who at that event makes more sense to you, who's relevant to you. And Event Tech Live does that somewhat by it only having, I say only, it's still quite a substantial amount, 1,500 attendees, 1,500 buyers through the show. Um, it makes it more streamlined and you don't have to worry about vast numbers of people. You can worry about a smaller number of people. And then those that use the tools will cherry pick those people out that are new and relevant to them. But at the same time, we also hear from companies like Visit and Freeman that the show is great for them because it also provides them a basis to connect and reconnect with their existing clients. So a very cost-effective way, actually, as well, if they were to go and see those existing clients um, at, other, at other times, it might be more expensive than you know, exhibiting at Event Tech Live. And, and uh, I, I suppose that, that there's that argument and... Again, I'm just reflecting on a lot, of, a lot of what you're doing at Event Tech Live ties in with an awful lot of conversations that we've had on the Event Industry News podcast um, in the last six to 18 months about Event Tech. Um, and that is that there's this um, hesitancy from some event organizers who may not be as tech savvy as they would like to be, who are actually really eager to learn about the technologies out there. And as you quite rightly point out, unlike other trade shows where me, People may just stop on a stand for a minute or so, ask a couple of quick questions, pick up a flyer or get their badge scanned and then move on to the next stand. There, there appears from what you're suggesting a, a real need and a desire for people to go there and actually spend 20, 30, 40 minutes on a stand learning about a technology, seeing live demos, asking loads of questions so that they can step away and really have a clear idea about which tech could work for them and which tech might not be applicable to them. Yeah, I think actually what Event Tech Live is almost that opportunity to, once you've researched technology, which I'm, I'm sure most of our attendees have, but by the registration information that we're getting, which is what areas of technology are people interested in and also what people are using, suggests to me that actually the attendee for Event Tech Live is already at quite a savvy level in terms of understanding what requirements they have for their mm. show on what they currently use or what they would like to invest in going forward. We're not necessarily seeing Event Tech Live right at the first start, right, I don't use any technology on my event, what do I do? Although there is some of that. We're seeing it in much higher level. And I think that's a reflection in the types of job role that people are within as well. Sure. You know, chief yeah. technology officers from quite some substantial companies, maybe people who deal with data and infrastructure and stuff like that. What's interesting though is that we see people coming in and actually using Event Tech Live to really pin down um, those suppliers that they want to get in front of and see and talk to. It, you know, technology inherently um, is very much an online kind of environment. You can't go to a shopping center and 
kind of look at a registration provider for your next event, there is either online research and online demos, or there are physical events like ours at Event Tech Live. So I like to see Event Tech Live as almost that you've you kind of you know the new iPhone's coming out, you've done all your research online, but you just want to have that physical conversation still with somebody in an Apple store. Event Tech Live offers that experience. Come, speak about your requirements, make sure it's the right device or the right solution for you. Have a demo all in one day, see four or five different suppliers. And I think what's important to get across about Event Tech Live is that people come because Technology is just one element of that being integrated in your event. How the system works and how comprehensive it is, is just one element. What I'm finding is people are trying to better meet people that they gel with. You know, it's, the, it's, it's as much about the staff and the service and the people within a technology company as it is as much as their technology. Sure. People still want to deal with people. Technology is very inherently kind of self-service in some senses. And, and we're seeing we're seeing this new term come out of technology, not as a service, but with a service. I think that's very important. So people are coming to Event Tech Live to kind of understand, right, who are the people behind these technology? Do they gel with my vision? Do we get along? Are they going to be able to support me if things go wrong? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a, it's a good way to round up this episode because it is a bit of a paradox, isn't it? You know, we're developing this technology to, to help streamline events, to make people's contact with, with exhibitors and uh, their experiences at seminars or conference sessions more profitable again in terms of the time that they, uh, and, and how they've invested their time. But there is still that human element that is vital so that they can actually ask questions and understand how that technology works. And, and the, the paradox between delivering intelligence via technology and via computers and via software and via hardware but still having that human element to it is actually vital to creating good event tech and uh, I think that's a, a great way to round up today's episode of the podcast. Um, just to recap, Event Tech Live is on Thursday the 9th of November at the Old Truman Brewery on Brick Lane in East London. It's free to attend, it's a multi-strand conference and exhibition, it's Europe's only dedicated event tech show and conference strand um, and we thank Adam Parry co-founder of Event Tech Live for joining the podcast today thank you very much Adam thank you very much if people want to uh, find out a little bit more about it the website is eventtechlive.com where you can register um, I've had a little look on there myself this morning there's information on all of the conference sessions and the vertical strands that Adam has talked about on today's podcast uh, details of how to register and no doubt then details of how you can get involved in some of these um, to do matchmaking services I think Adam yeah, referred to right. as um, so head over to eventtechlive.com and I'm sure you'll be able to find everything you need to know about the show um, and we'll just wrap up by saying uh, that the podcast is kindly supported by Visit by GES our smart event solution partner for more information on Visit by GES and its smart event solutions head over to visit.ges.com don't forget to download the event industry news app available for all the major mobile devices you can keep up to date with all the content that's going out in industry news Dot com and uh, tweet us if you've got any questions, if you've got any comments about the podcast or anything related to event industry news. At event news blog is the Twitter handle. Thanks again to our guest Adam Parry, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.